Hi everyone, it's the Not The Top 20 betting show. We're sponsored by Black Type. Now, Black Type Bet are our bookmakers and they are offering new customers who listen to the podcast a free £10 football selection when you sign up to Black Type using the offer code NTT20. Use that code upon sign up and you will find when you make any football selection that there is a £10 free bet in the bet slip. Uh, we didn't have any score ball winners last week. £20 for those who can predict a nil-nil and an over 4.5 in the EFL. So that goes again this weekend. Um, there were five nil-nils last week and not a single scoreboard winner, which seems surprising. But three winners the weekend before, so uh, let's see if we can resurrect some of that form. And George, uh, lastly, on the black type offers note, uh, we sort of previewed it last week, or we launched it last week, our bold predictions. The line is still open uh, for one more week. Just explain what we're asking for and what black type are offering. Yeah, so if you send in your bold predictions, which is basically a prediction, it doesn't have to be a bet, just something that is very, very unlikely to happen that you think is going to happen. If you tweet them over to us, then the three ones that we think are the best will each win a £50 free bet from Black Type. So definitely worth doing so. We've had some absolute crackers. Going to read out a couple of favourites so far. Alex saying Preston or Brentford make the playoffs and win it. I have a feeling he's just pandering to us there, (laughs) knowing full well that we would both quite like that given our pre-season predictions uh, and then Daniel in the championship the final automatic playoff and relegation place all to be decided on goal difference and what a like tellingly dramatic finish that would be to what's going to be a hell of a finish yeah that would be sensational uh, we also had Will saying at Scunthorpe to make the playoffs in League One at the expense of Portsmouth and Southend to be relegated uh, and Dean uh, Gripton said Sheffield Wednesday will win fewer than two games between now and the end of the season they will not score more than nine goals now since then uh, they drew to Rotherham so the first part looking good but they did score two so only seven more goals to play with Dean's got Port Vale to finish bottom of league two that's a really interesting one uh, looking more more and more likely uh, each game uh, and lastly George will correctly predict an Oxford result one day says Dean um, so tweet us at ntt20pod at Black Type Bet with your bold predictions. George, talk to us about last week. I'm going to start with me last week because I'm still seeing. You feel a bit hard done by, don't you? It's still midweek. So I, I was minus uh, 1.25 for the week, getting getting the MK Dons and over two and a half right and also getting Luton right. But three goals went against me in injury time. Yeah. Uh, the nap, which was Rotherham in the 100th minute um, from Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Oldham conceding in the 94th minute to Crew, and with pretty much the last kick of the game, it was scoring a um, to, to scupper the BTTS. No, so I've worked <laughs> out that was a 9.8 point swing. No way. So if all the games finished uh, <laughs> after 90 minutes, I'd be 9.8 points better off. You've got to pick teams that you think will last the distance, which would have put me into profit. It's boring because over the course of the season, uh, naturally, it's one of those things where when you get a, a last minute goal going in your favour you celebrate and you shrug it off and you think, yeah, I've deserved that. And when it goes against you, you think the whole world's falling apart. So it's important not to do that. But three of them, you know, I, I'm not embarrassed to say that I do back uh, the stuff that I that I tip up on here, thankfully. And so, um, yeah, I wasn't best pleased on uh, on Saturday afternoon. For and I, I had the old classic, three out of six. And the next question's always... Did the nap win? Because if it if it does, you tend to be in the green, and if it doesn't, you're in the red. Yeah, you napped Sunderland, which was interesting, um, and that got <laughs> beat. I must say, I was annoyed after you slagged off two of my picks. Um, I was looking forward to getting both of them getting up, but annoyingly, Alden uh, put paid to that. Um, but yeah, you got three right, and that put you one point 
uh, minus 1.27 for the weekend. So I was only 0.02 nice. better than you. Um, so that leaves you minus 17.65 and I'm minus eight. But yeah, hit the crossbar. So time to put the ball on the back of the net like those all those players did in, in injury time against me. <laughs> nice. Well, our match in focus this week uh, is a bit of a London derby in League One and it is Charlton against Wimbledon. Uh, this is uh, an interesting game, I think, because Wimbledon just refusing to be the team that everyone writes off uh, down at the bottom with a very, very impressive win on Tuesday night at Wimbledon. 4-3 against Rochdale, coming from behind uh, as well. And Charlton on a bit of a lean run, but Wimbledon the home side at 15-8, Charlton 6-4, and the draw 9-4 with black type, George. So you've been looking at the home team Wimbledon outsiders in this one outsiders but being back to see a blue and on to checker today um, maybe not surprising given the result blue means means that it's being backed across the board lovely um, so uh, maybe that's because of the 4-3 win last night when I initially looked at the, at the prices without kind of doing any research it, it looked a bit big to me um, AFC Wimbledon uh, yesterday in the Rochdale win uh, scoring a, a very very late winner to win 4-3 having come from behind twice um, they won the shot count in that game 22-18. So a lot of shots going on for both teams. The shot on target count was 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, they've got six points in the last two games in the league, uh, previously beating Walsall away convincingly. And they yeah, won- so there, there was a 10-point gap between them and safety before that run, and now only five points. So real hope for them now. And, and it was a deserved win as well. Um, I mean, they've, they've been a team who've trended pretty well in the data all season and haven't really found their scoring touch. Uh, Joe Pickett getting a hat-trick on the weekend certainly will, uh, will improve them. He's never been pro- particularly prolific in his career, but he is someone who can chip in with goals. So if he can start finding his scoring touch as well, it'll be very important. He set up the goal that he didn't score as well. So all in all, a massive performance for him. And, and you have the likes of Wordsworth playing very well as well they've got a, the makings of an attacking squad that should be fairly decent um, but and the Warsaw result was was deserved they won the XG battle there 2.24 to 0.8 so it's looking better mm. uh, the results are better the performances are okay but I'm still not going to get fully aboard the bandwagon um, if you look at the last four home league games they've scored just one goal in those games which is not good if you're looking at the whole course of the season their wins in the league have come against Fleetwood, Gillingham, Oxford, Southend, Wickham, Plymouth, Walsall and Rochdale. The, the highest ranking team currently in the table from those teams is Fleetwood. So they, who are 10th currently with 45 points and, and you know aren't too far out of the danger zone. You think they are, but a couple of bad results. I mean, you think they're, they're, they're well clear of it unless they go on a, on a terrible run. But even so, it's not one of the class teams in the league. So they obviously have trouble against the better teams, taking away the, uh, the West Ham Cup result. Um... And for that reason, I do think against poor opposition in the last two games, Rochdale and Walsall, you, you could argue they're six-pointers. Um, they, they've put on really good shows and got deserved results. But in this, this is going to be a very, a very different test to them. And maybe what the season's told us so far is just approach them with a little bit of caution. Yeah, the, the only other thing I'd add about Wimbledon is uh, some really nice goals being scored last night against Rochdale. I mean, Rochdale, the worst defence in the whole of England. Um, but the way they cut through them, and you mentioned Wordsworth and Piggott uh, combining very well, and, and the winning goal against Walsall was very easy on the eye, very fluid, which, uh, considering where Wally Downs learned his football as part of the crazy gang, again, n- not necessarily what the perception might be about how his, uh, his team would play. So worth pointing that out. Uh, in terms of Charlton, they're winless in four. Uh, with three draws and a defeat in that time. Uh, on the 26th of January, they were five points behind Luton. 
and they were in fourth place. They're now in fifth place, 15 points behind Luton. So it's been a damaging few weeks. And the big question uh, when trying to go through it is, is this a blip? Is this a wobble? Is this something uh, more concerning? And, and Lee Bowyer has answered that, which kind of does my job for me. He said, I can understand why people are saying that, but we ain't because we ain't one in four. But for me, you can swing it around. We've lost one in four. On Saturday, we created enough chances to win the game uh, for three of those four matches. We didn't have Lyle Taylor and Carlin Grant left. Now, the XG data kind of stacks up with what he's saying. They were well beaten by Fleetwood um, and they should have probably beaten Peterborough, uh, but drew that game uh, and draws against Blackpool and Southend were fair. So not a horrendous run, but not a great run for them. Of course, Taylor was missing for the first three of those games. So he's now back in the side. And they play a, a diamond formation of sorts, um, not dissimilar to the league leaders, Luton. I really like it on paper, especially the midfield. Josh Cullen at the base of the midfield. Two years ago, Cullen was a class act in Bradford's midfield as they got to the playoff final and almost made it up to the championship. You've got Ben Reeves and Joe Aribo sort of shuttling on the sides of the diamond, two good box-to-box players with technical quality, good on the ball, and both of them a goal threat as well. And in the whole, either Johnny Williams or Tarek Fosu, who are going to bring you different things. Williams, a, a schemer, a, a creator. Fosu, more of a dribbler and a real goal threat too. So the big question, because the defence is pretty solid as well, is who partners Lyle Taylor up front. And this is where I'm gutted Carl and Grant left because I really think this team with him in it could have done some serious damage between now and the end of, of May. Um, instead, it's Josh Parker or maybe Veta Kayle who partners Taylor up front. Yeah, I'm not so much... I don't have a, a, an issue with those players, but I just don't think they're quite as electric as Carl and Grant. I think that's uh, it was a big loss for them. So I do think that... I kind of buy into what Bo is saying, that, that the run of form is not as concerning as some might think. Uh, and therefore, I'm, I'm going to back them to come good in this game against Wimbledon, against a team right down at the bottom... They've got a fairly good record against the poor teams in the division this season. So I'm going to take Charlton to win uh, and under two, uh, under 3.5 goals, I should say. So being a bit greedy, trying to, trying to boost the price, which might come back to bite me. That's at 21 to 10. Uh, essentially, I've got 1-0 Charlton, 2-0 Charlton, 2-1 and 3-0 scorelines all, all on my side. So that's my pick for the match in focus. George, you're thinking along similar lines. Well, no, opposite lines. Oh, um, I thought you were going unders. No, I'm going overs. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going against your stats, but I think this is a really nice angle um, in that, as you mentioned, Charlton are a team whose last five results read 1-0, So you're probably thinking, how are you tipping overs? But... You mentioned the quality that Charlton have going forward. I do not think this is going to be an issue for them scoring away at AFC Wimbledon. Um, if you're looking at Wimbledon's uh, home record recently, they conceded uh, in the league. Um, they've conceded two against Burton, three against Fleetwood, four against Barnsley. So they're, they're pretty porous at the back. I've mentioned the shot count from the Rochdale game. Um, despite winning 4-3, they conceded three goals and, uh, and conceded 18 shots. So this strikes me as a game where, despite Charlton's... Um, previous struggles to score, score on the road. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case here. As I mentioned, I think that AFC Wimbledon are trending towards a backable price and given the renewed confidence, I'd expect them to be in this game. Uh, I thought about doing BTTS, but I just think this is given the way that AFC Wimbledon have very little, little to lose at the moment. I think this is going to be a far more open game and I think you're getting a bit of juice in the price purely because you know statistically Charlton are a team at the moment where we're not seeing many goals. Um, the return of Lyle Taylor, obviously, another interesting angle for this game as well and I'm sure he'll be desperate to go there 
and uh, and put on a bit of a show. So yeah, over two and a half, I'm afraid. We'll both be hoping for a 2-1 um, <laughs> result. So that we've done it before where we've uh, where we've fallen into the, the perfect middle uh, into the sweet spot. But um, yeah, over two and a half at 21 to 20 is my tip for the match and focus. Yeah, only 2-1 two to uh, only two one Charlton is in the middle of that Venn diagram that we're, that we're trying to find the middle of. Uh, George, what's your nap this weekend uh, across the three EFL divisions? Going down to League Two for the nap, and it uh, it's not just because I'm angry with Paul Scholes. I promise, um, it is Berry to beat uh, Oldham um, in the uh, in League Two. This is a Berry team that I'm very very keen on indeed. Um, if you're looking at their home record, they haven't been beaten at home since September the 22nd. That was also the last time they drew a blank at home. So their home form really is something to be to, to behold. They've had five four-goal hauls in the league at Gig Lane this season, and that's ignoring the five goals they scored against Oxford United in the uh, in the checker trade as well. So really, they are unbelievably free-scoring. It's not a surprise with the attacking talent that we mentioned so often. Um, Danny Mayer quite clearly probably, well, in the top two or three players in the league. Nicky Maynard scoring a lot of goals for fun. Jay O'Shea is going to get well into double figures for the season by the end of it as well. So they will cause Oldham no, all manner of problems. Um, whereas Oldham have picked up just one point in their last two home games under Paul Scholes. Their away form has been fairly poor this season. Uh, it's been be- better recently, but three consecutive defe- defeats on the road preceded that. Um, and it just seems to me like a, a really bad time for Oldham to be going to, to Bury. Um, it was a r- massive game early on in the season uh, between these two, and they were very, very close in the league, just in the playoff positions. And Oldham came out of that 4-2 winners in a bit of a thriller. So you'd have a feeling as well that Bury will be after some kind of revenge on their local rivals. Um, so at 10 to 11, I mean, it's the old adage where if you played this game 20,000 times, I'm pretty sure Barry would win well over half of them. So um, that uh, is that an arbitrary number, 20,000, or is that what people do actually? No, say? no, it's, well, that's it's a simulated number. It's in it's in my head at the moment because because <laughs> uh, a, um, a certain man that you know, Mark, Mark Sinchkin, was tweeting me about why. Peterborough were a bet to beat Oxford and that was the number he used so um, so that's probably why it was in my head but uh, but yeah no the 10 to 11 about Barry is, is my two point nap yeah mine is in League One and it is Blackpool to beat Oxford at Bloomfield Road at 8 to 5 with black type um, George you're rubbish at predicting Oxford games as we I, all know I'm so sorry I'll... to tell you that I've bat Blackpool Okay, well, <laughs> that is bad news. Um, a bit too late to change now. I'm going to have a go at predicting Oxford games, and um, it remains to be seen how this will go. But uh, yeah, I think they lose t- to Blackpool this weekend. Um, a Blackpool side who are eighth in the table, and they're, they've never really threatened to um, put an assault on the playoffs, but they have been in and around this position uh, all season long. So I think we can say pretty comfortably that they are one, you know, seventh eighth ninth best team that sort of thing in the league oxford of course in the relegation zone uh, it's much harder to work out exactly where to rank the teams down uh, in the bottom eight to nine because it is still so close and, and there's so much football still to play but one of the features of, of blackpool one of the reasons uh, that i like them to win this game is they are a team that 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 know themselves they're very sure of themselves and their system under terry mcphillips that's not necessarily the most sort of data-driven opinion but uh, I think you can kind of see how you can justify saying that. They've kept 16 clean sheets out of 32 league games. So very, very, very solid. And they seem to understand how to get wins in tight games. I don't think there'll be many teams that have lost to Blackpool this season and thought we've been absolutely battered or they're probably one of those teams that opposition think mm, they're not better than us. How have they won that? And, and yet there's a skill in that. Uh, there's a nous to winning those games. And Nondrier up front, 
think I called him inconsistent about six weeks ago. Um, but he's actually been in very good form and, you know, watching clips of him over the last few months, he's been a real nuisance in games um, and hasn't had too many off days. So he's in very good form, not necessarily the most prolific goal scorer, but uh, if you talk to Sunderland fans after that game last week, they were all saying what a nuisance he'd been, how much trouble he'd caused. Uh, and they've got some other quality behind him in, in the likes of Pritchard and Thompson breaking from midfield. Uh, Naya Kirby, youngster from Crystal Palace, who's very highly rated, is getting a bit of game time. And um, uh, from an Oxford point of view, well, they were just horrible against Accrington on Tuesday night, specifically at the back. Uh, Accrington carved out chance after chance, uh, took some of them, didn't take others, but it just... Uh, so many basic mistakes being made at the back, mostly in marking <laughs> and mostly in positioning. And uh, it's, it's really, really confusing when you look at the personnel of, of Nelson uh, and Moussinho, who's such an experienced player, but who every time he plays at the back for you, uh, you seem to concede two plus goals. Um, difficulties finishing chances is nothing new. I think Brannigan is suspended for this one as well after picking up uh, too many yellows. So for all that Oxford can pass the ball very well and, and have individual quality on the ball and, and players that can create something out of nothing, um, it's not been able to be translated into a good team, uh, not a team that gets results. So I'm going to nap up Blackpool to beat Oxford. I think eight to f- five is a pretty generous price and it's probably that price because of uh, you know the, the XG numbers, which for Oxford are not as bad as the league position suggests and probably says that Blackpool not quite as good as uh, as the league position of eighth so you can thank me on Saturday at 5pm uh, George um, because this is obviously good news for Oxford Blackpool my nap um, so we've both got a championship pick to share where are you going this time off to the Riverside um, oh, nice. and I um, I found this quite a tricky card me to too. to get through but um, I'm just really happy to take on Middlesbrough um, at home. They've won just one of their last six at home in the league. Um, that was against Ipswich, which I think we can all agree is basically a cup game against a lower league, a lower league side. Um, at least it was back then before their mini revival, which, is, which consists of draws. Um, they've failed to score in two of those six league games at home uh, and they've only scored two or more goals um, once. So you can see the issues that Middlesbrough have at home is, is basically scoring um, and as such, that's going to make this into a pretty low-margin game, uh, in my opinion. And QPR certainly have the tools at their disposal to cause Middlesbrough some problems. They've picked up points this season in the forms of either draws or wins at the likes of Villa, at Forest, at, at Stoke as well. And despite on the, being on the back of a, of a five-game um, trend of defeats, they've actually scored in all five as well. So you have to think that they're going to have enough about them going forward to, to cause Middlesbrough some problems. I don't think the performances have been a, as bad as the um, as the results suggest. They were very unlucky not to get a point last night against West Brom as well. Um, so this just seems to me like a game where um, I'm pretty sure Middlesbrough aren't going to blow them away given their, their troubles at home and given their troubles going forward. QPR have, have evidently got enough about them in the forms of the, like, the likes of Luke Freeman who's coming back to some kind of form we, we, that we've come to expect from him. Um, and as such, taking the, the the draw into account as well, you're getting odds against, um, especially given the Mill. Sorry, the Millsbridge haven't won many many games at home at twenty one to twenty. Um, I think it's great value. I'm going with Birmingham. Similar to you, I I sort of made about four or five different selections here uh, before settling on Birmingham, and and it's one of those ones where if you could chuck a half point at it, if I was allowed, I probably would. Um, and, and then in the end, uh, an angel from heaven. 
uh, Alex Everson, who is a Reading fan who we were talking to on Twitter earlier, and he shared an interesting bit of analysis. Um, he had broken down basically XG ratio numbers for championship teams and had separated the home performance and the away performance. So that was quite helpful because um, there are a few interesting things to note there. Uh, there's only two teams, George, in the championship who are um, data-wise, XG ratio-wise, better away from home um, than at home. Actually, I say only two. It might be surprising that anyone's better away from home than they are at home. Uh, that is Bolton and uh, Bristol City, both of them just marginally better away from home. There are plenty of teams, namely Sheffield Wednesday, Brentford, uh, Preston, Birmingham, Hull, who are who have a massive discrepancy between their home XG ratio and their away XG ratio. So this is quite good to know, really. Um, and it led me towards picking Birmingham uh, to beat Blackburn at home this weekend. Now, Birmingham's home form in the last few weeks has not been particularly impressive. Um, but this metric showed that Blues this season with a 62% XG ratio at home uh, over the course of the season are the fourth most dominant home team in the division in terms of XG ratio behind Leeds and Sheffield United and Brentford. And so I thought that was um, worth a look. They are up against a Blackburn side in, in very desperate run of form. Uh, they've lost four games in a row and it's coincided with the injury to Dara Lenehan at the back. He... It's funny, there's, been a, there's always a bit of a spotlight on Charlie Mulgrew because he's a goal-scoring centre-back and uh, there's been a bit of chatter about Jack Rodwell, of course, after a bit of a renaissance, but they are both dwarfed in importance for this team by Daryl Lenehan and since he's been out, uh, they can't stop the opposition scoring. Fans are desperate to see him return from this knee injury, but uh, although it's not a long-term, I can't see them rushing him back any time. Uh, there's no real threat of relegation and any sort of long-term damage would be an absolute disaster for, for Blackburn's second most valuable asset. Uh, touching on Bradley Dack, their most valuable asset, I mean, his, his output has certainly been reduced in recent weeks, or in recent months, actually. He's, he's struggled to maintain the goal-scoring form. He is still getting in, in the right areas, so I, I don't think he's having an absolute horror, but he certainly seems to be slightly less uh, affected or possibly more or better marked these days. Um, Adam Armstrong was filling the void briefly, but they are just struggling at both ends, Blackburn. And, and if there's one thing we know about this Birmingham side at home, uh, it's that they, a bit like Blackpool, I suppose, they're a team that know themselves, uh, know the way that they will create chances, have a pretty good idea how to play to stop the opposition creating too many. Uh, and in Djukovic and the absolute star of Shea Adams, uh, they've got a, an exceptional front two that, that cause any backline problems. So Black, Birmingham, rather, to beat Blackburn. 23 to 20, my championship pick. Uh, League two now, George, run me through it. Nope, League one. Two teams who definitely won't be in League two. In, League uh, one. In uh, Portsmouth and Barnsley. Simple one, this one. Um, for me, Barnsley at eight to five. Um, I'm just happy to get against Portsmouth and any guys at the moment. I just um, Anyone who's listened to the Monday podcast knows that I'm just baffled by what um, Kenny Jackett's up to at the moment in terms of personnel. And we're consistently seeing them um, just really struggling to perform. They, they've, they're winless in their last seven. They haven't kept a single clean sheet in that time. We know how good Barnsley are going forward. We know they've got nothing to fear on the road. They've uh, scored 10 goals in their last three games uh, away from home, scoring four twice. Um, this is a terrible game at a terrible time for Pompey, um, where they are sliding alarmingly down the table. Um, and this is an opportunity for Barnsley to put a nail in their coffin and given 
the uh, the ruthless nature of Richard. Why are you always killing people and nailing Not the coffin? People. Well, I mean, that's exactly what it is, and their promotion hopes. Um, yeah, fair enough. Very common saying. Yeah, it is. Um, so, I mean, irrespective of Kiefer Moore's fitness, which I think is still up in the air, I think he could feasibly be back but I'm not really too fussed either way um, I think that this is one where, where Barnsley are, are rightful favourites and should be even shorter lovely stuff and my league two pick is going to be brief because it's Berry. now you've napped up Berry this week it's your best bet of the weekend and you've explained that in depth um, Peter Taylor at Bury Me in Exile was tweeting some stats uh, which he does very well earlier uh, the only side in the top 92 not to lose in any competition in 2019 um, convenient to leave out the other, the, the, to make it any competition because obviously Bristol City, the only team in the top 92 to win every game in the league uh, in 2019, uh, joint top of the form table in their last six, gaining 14 points. Um, they've taken 53 points since the 1st of September. Uh, there's a reference point for you. Lincoln, 46, seven points fewer than them in that time. So they really have been impressive outside of the month of August. And I think there's just an inconsistency about Oldham that makes them quite hard to understand. They've got the players to cause problems to any team, as we saw in that big win in Scholes' first game, but not yet a system that gets the most out of them. Uh, when I look at their back four, I just cannot see it coping with Berry's uh, front seven, which it, it basically is at times when they attack. Uh, and a note on Berry: Jordan Rossiter came in on loan from Rangers, former Liverpool player, um, and he has taken Neil Danz's place in midfield next to O'Shea, and he's basically made them even better from what I can see. He is probably not quite as strong in the tackle as Dan's, uh, but he is a, another exceptional ball player. And he's made this Berry side even nicer to watch. Um, so Rossiter is, is very much one to watch as well if you catch any Berry game. So I'm on Berry as well, uh, 10 to 11 currently with black type, which leaves BTTS and the long shot. Uh, which one of those do you want to go first, George? I'll let you choose. I'll do my long shot first. Um, no surprises here. Bristol Rovers and BTTS at 5-1 to one against Sunderland. Uh, Sunderland obviously back to winning ways, but got to still be pretty disappointed with just five points from those three home games against not particularly good opposition. They may have scored seven goals in those three games, but they also conceded five. And I think anyone who thinks that they're out of the woods um, and back on the straight path towards the title um, is going to get a rude awakening, whether it's this weekend or not. Um, the performance away from home against Oxford was absolutely terrible, and I, and I think they're going to con- continue to be poorer on the road than they are at home. Just one win in their last six on the road, um, only losing one game as well. Uh, BTTS has copped in all but one of those games, which was the 1-0 win against Blackpool. Um, Bristol Rovers' turnaround and form has largely been away from home. Um, which isn't really ideal here. Um, they're unbeaten in their last six away from home. However, the home form is fairly decent as well. They're scoring at will. Um, they, they scored two at home to Peterborough and they scored in, in Shrewsbury in their last game as well. So I do think they'll have easily enough problems to pose a threat to Sunderland, given that Sunderland really struggled. Um, to, well, I mean, they conceded two against Accrington and Gillingham, two of the poorest teams uh, in terms of scoring, especially away from home uh, this season. So uh, it wouldn't be a surprise at all to see Sunderland um, pick up points here, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair and, and Bristol Rovers definitely have enough about them to cause them all manner of problems. So at 5-1, to one, um, yeah, happy to uh, one day, one day one of these is going to go my way and maybe this will be the one. I've given up saying one day one of these is going to go my way. That's uh, that's the nature of it. That's how down I am on my long shot ability. Uh, I'm going with Sheffield United and over 3.5 goals at 15 to 2. Really trying to drag it back now. Um, kind of just wanted to have some stake in this game. I think it's going to be an amazing game. 
uh, West Brom against Sheffield United this weekend. And I guess there's a few different branches to this. Firstly, Sheffield United are the only team who are as good away from home as they are at home, and they are exceptional at both. So um, they are, I think, uh, it's around 62, 63, 64% XG ratio away from home, which is sensational, by far the best in the league. Um, and they, they are clearly fantastic. We saw it last weekend in dispatching Reading 4-0. They've been pretty impressive in games against top teams this season as well, Sheffield United. And to my eyes, there's, there's no reason to expect a drop-off from them like we might have seen last season. Um, I, I very much expect them to be firmly in the top three by the end of the campaign. And by that, I basically mean I'd be not surprised at all if they're in the top two. Um, they're up against the West Brom team that, um, that had an interesting game against QPR on Tuesday night. Sort of both ends of the pitch I want to touch on here. And, and one of the reasons I've gone for overs is that West Brom, we know, uh, have always scored goals this season. They're a, a very good attacking team. I actually think they're a better attacking team now in terms of system, in terms of creating chances um, for the team in general than they were perhaps when Harvey Barnes was, was the superstar. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean they score as many goals because Barnes was... Uh, so on such a hot streak, wasn't he, first half of the season. But I think that they're, the way that they are attacking, uh, and we saw it with their first and third goal against QPR on Tuesday night, really good combination play, especially with Holgate and Steph Johansson and, and Rakeem Harper. They've, they've got advanced midfield players now who can create and who can interchange quickly with their teammates. Not necessarily something we saw too much of from the likes of Barry and Brunt and... James Morrison earlier on in the season when they were really relying on Barnes's quality. So I'm, I'm encouraged about West Brom and their sort of attacking processes. And I think that they can and will create chances. And we know that Rodriguez um, can certainly finish them. Gale will be back as well. But I, I want to side with Sheffield United generally for the match. Um, I just think that they're the, the better side and I think that they, they can prove that this weekend. So a high-scoring game with Sheffield United winning. Sheffield United and over 35 at 15 to 2, uh, the neutrals will be thrilled watching that if that happens, and I'll be thrilled if it comes in um, at the price. And that just leaves BTTS, George. Yeah, BTTS. Uh, I live in permanent fear, perpetual fear about, about Yeovil, and, and now is no different. They've scored two goals in their last six games, and they are sliding very, very quickly back towards the, uh, the National League and, and non league football. Um, Cambridge, on the other hand, uh, do look to be turning a bit of a corner under Colin Calderwood, despite the 2 0 defeat away at Cheltenham midweek. However, they have scored just one goal in their last uh, seven away trips. Um, so two goals in the last six for Yeovil, one goal in the last seven away trips for Cambridge. I'm not tipping up BTTS. Yes, I'm tipping up BTTS. No, thankfully. Uh, I haven't gone completely mad here. Um, and I think you're getting 10 to 11 for that, which given the stats I've just said, surely has to be value. I'm going BTTS. Yes, at... Uh MK Dons and Newport. I I wanted to talk about Newport as, as well because uh, what a performance in midweek to beat Notts County. I think the general consensus was that they would be tired after the game against Man City on the weekend, but nope, absolutely not. Uh, this Newport team has been winning games that they're not meant to um, and on the flip side, losing when they're expected to win for, for two years now. Um, but as we saw in midweek, when they're on it and when they're up for it, they're, they are quite the opponent. And with Jamil Matt and Podge Armand dovetailing brilliantly up front, 
Um, they're such a threat, of course, from set pieces as well, uh, as we've banged on about so many times. So um, from MK Don's point of view, well, I kind of like them both to score and I don't really trust them to keep clean sheets. They've been giving up chances consistently for a while now. I, I, you'll tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure at the beginning of the season, they were unbelievably solid. I think they were one of the best defences in the league for the first two, three months as they were top of the division. But now, in terms of XG across the whole season, XG against, they're on a par with Morecambe and Port Vale. Um, the, 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 the plus side is they know how to score them. They've got the best XG in the league in attack uh, over the course of the season. So I think Newport can hurt MK Dons. I think that MK Dons can hurt Newport and uh, I'm not overthinking it. I'm taking BTTS. Yes, at four to five, which is uh, 1.8 in decimal. So that's the end of the betting show. We hope you've enjoyed it. We're sponsored by Black Type Bet and you can get involved with Scoreboard and with your bold predictions. Just tweet us at NTT20pod to be in with a chance of winning some free bets from Black Type. I'll just recap our selections for this weekend. George is going for over 2.5 goals in Wimbledon against Charlton. And I've got Charlton to win and under 3.5. That's our match in focus. Good game, that one. will be in League One this weekend. In the Championship, George is taking QPR at double chance. QPR or draw in their game against Middlesbrough. And I'm picking Birmingham at home to Blackpool. Blackburn, rather. I'm picking, <laughs> I'm picking Blackpool as my nap in League One at home to Oxford. George is going with Barnsley away at Portsmouth and in League Two we're both picking Berry to beat Oldham uh, they are George's best bet his nap this weekend BTTS no for George Yeovil Cambridge and BTTS yes MK Dons v Newport both of those games in League Two and our long shot uh, George is going for Bristol Rovers to beat Sunderland and both teams to score and I'm going with Sheffield United to beat West Brom and over 3.5 goals this weekend. That's it from the Not The Top 20 betting show. We hope you've enjoyed this tripod week. That was the Monday podcast. That was the NTT20 meets Paul Hurst episode. And now the betting show. If you've listened to all three uh, by Thursday evening, then you've done an unbelievably good job. You deserve a, a, a big pat on the back and you probably need a few days off from us. So um, you've earned it. Have a great weekend and, and best of luck with your selections, guys.